Hello, you're listening to Radio Maria England, and this is Father Toby with your word for today on Easter Wednesday. Um, we have two really beautiful readings uh, given us by the church today, and more normally I would preach on the uh, the road to, to Emmaus, um, and I have a long homily on that, uh, which I've done, but uh, but I've decided in fact to go with our, our shorter to reading and, uh, and a memory based on a reflection from World Youth Day in Australia. So we begin with Acts chapter 3. Once when Peter and John were going up to the temple for the prayers at the ninth hour, it happened that there was a man being carried past. He was a cripple from birth, and they used to put him down every day near the temple entrance called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could beg from the people going in. When this man saw Peter and John on their way into the temple, he begged from them. Both Peter and John looked straight at him and said, Look at us. He turned to them expectantly, hoping to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. Peter then took him by the hand and helped him to stand up. Instantly his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped up, stood and began to walk, and he went with them into the temple, walking and jumping and praising God. Everyone could see him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were all astonished and unable to explain what had happened to him. I remember when I went to World Youth Day in Australia um, with the uh, Jesuit group, we stayed in, a, in an area of um, Sydney for a week before the, the main World Youth Day uh, event started as, as part of what the Jesuits refer to as, a, as an experiment, I mean, putting you in a in a place sort of outside of your, your normal comfort zone, outside of your day-to-day and seeing how you react. And we were in an area of Austra- of Sydney called King's Cross, um, which was a little bit like King's Cross used to be in London, um, somewhat sort of run down and uh, down, down on its luck. And the particular church that we were staying at um, ran a shelter where they used to sort of... Um, invite in sort of drug addicts and alcoholics and and all sorts of other other homeless for some respite for shower for company and a meal and one of the ladies was invited to give her sort of testimony to us and to to speak to her a little bit about the the trials of her life um and where she found help from god in them um, and I remember being pretty shocked as she revealed actually that uh, with a, a drug addict um, mother she had been um, born uh, addicted and uh, and she recounted her sort of various struggles and it was incredibly moving and then we were invited to ask her to some questions and I said to her like well what should we do if we were to meet you on the on the on the street and if you were asking for for money what should we do and she said i i wouldn't i wouldn't in fact suggest giving me um money um 
but she'd say, please spend some time with me. And she spoke about how even when she came into the shelter, so often people were hurrying about to do things for her. But in a certain sense, it, it meant that they were running away from her. And we might think about our attitude to, to those who are, are suffering, maybe to, to somebody in, in hospital or when we've been into a, a sort of a soup kitchen ourselves. It can be very easy to, to want to run away from the people we're supposed to be helping in order to, to busy ourselves by doing stuff. Um, and I think this is to get away from a, a certain discomfort that we can feel in the in the face of somebody who you know is in a in a situation in life which perhaps scares us perhaps the the thought um scares us that we could um pretty easily slip into a into a similar situation or or perhaps we feel a certain sort of judgment on them that we think well you know it's your fault that you're in this situation and that makes us uncomfortable because we wouldn't want to to say it, or perhaps, as very often, we just feel a bit inadequate in the situation. Um, there's a part of us that that expects to be able to solve this situation completely, and because because I can't, or maybe because I don't want to get sufficiently involved, because that might really cost me, we end up running away. But she pointed out that actually, just in our simple presence with her, that in talking to her, that we had something valuable to offer. And that's what I thought of when I heard this line of St. Peter when he said, I have neither silver nor gold, but I will give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. And Peter gave that man begging outside the temple, he gave him Jesus Christ in him. Um, there's a little bit of a, a slogan that tends to to go around um, at the moment. Uh, it's sort of intended to sort of encourage people in a in a world that seems very demanding, and uh, and and I hear it said a lot now, and I've heard it said a lot in church. Um, it's you are enough, um, and I get it in a certain extent, but in another way, I sort of recoil from it because the reality is that we are not enough. But Jesus Christ is enough. Um, and we have to remember that, that when I go to someone, it's not just me who's going. But as a baptized Christian, I carry Christ with me in, that pers in, in my person. And when I go with that in mind, then yes, I am enough. And when I bear that in, in, in mind, that, it, that it's Christ in me which is enough, then perhaps I seek to, I cease to chase after all those futile things on which I seek to fill me up, but will never, will never work. All the addictions that each of us has to, to things which don't ultimately nourish, that don't ultimately fulfill. But I just want you to remember next time you see somebody on the street and maybe you have nothing to give them, maybe it's not prudent to give them money in the situation that they're in, but do not ignore them. Bring, bring Christ to them. Bring Christ to them who lives, who abides in the, in the tabernacle of your, your heart. You became a temple of the Holy Spirit by baptism. And don't, don't forget that. And so often we only seek to minister to the, the material needs of the poor. 
but we forget that these people have a soul too which needs nourishing by Christ and we can be at least part of bringing them the nourishment of Christ which they need so badly. Um, and I want to close with one uh, final final thought um, and it comes from the end of C.S. Lewis's wonderful uh, homily that he gave which is entitled The, the Weight of Glory. And in it, he, he encourages us to remember that daily we walk in the company of the immortals. Um, it's very easy to forget that the, the people who perhaps we're, we're rude to today, the people who we ignore today, well, these are immortal souls. And please, God, we will encounter them in heaven. And he sort of suggests that certain we don't want that awkward awkwardness of bumping into them in heaven and thinking, oh, my goodness, how rude I was to you when I met you on earth. Or perhaps being so rude will delay our getting to heaven or even jeopardize it entirely. And then he closes with one final line, which I want to leave you with. He says, next to the blessed sacrament itself. Your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. If he is your Christian neighbor, he is holy in almost the same way. For in him also Christ, very latitat, the glorifier and the glorified. Glory himself is truly hidden. <laughs>